Hey everyone, it's Brendan here from Cookville Ghost Hunters. Have you ever wanted to create your own podcast, but didn't have the money or time into researching it? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then Anchor is your answer. Anchor is a free podcasting application where you can create your own podcasts with some creation tools that allow you to record and edit from your computer, and even your phone. You can also make money off of them with no minimum listeners required. They'll even distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to Anchor today. The material world is simply an expression of the mind. That's what so many fail to see. We're so dependent on what is before us that we discount our intuition. Yet if one dismisses instinct, how can one understand or believe in a world that exists beyond one's sight? Megan Chance Hello, my friends, and welcome back. For this week's episode, we're diving into the source of every paranormal movie, TV show, and book. That source is called spiritualism, not to be mistaken with spirituality. But before we get started, I want to continue to thank each of you for all the support you've shown. It means so much to me to be supported by everyone as we're still growing. So with that said, let's get into it. So, let's start off with what spiritualism is. Uh, Spiritualism, described by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary website, is a belief that spirits of the dead communicate with the living, usually through a medium. Uh, Another definition is a movement comprising of religious organizations emphasizing on spiritualism. But before we get into, um, quote, modern spiritualism, It is to be noted that for about a thousand years or so, different religions had the idea that one could communicate with ancestors. Um, One that comes on top of my mind is uh, Native American folklore. But what makes spiritualism so unique is how it came about. So we're talking about modern spiritualism, which would be be, um, around the 1800s. I, I know that's not modern for us. But in the grand scheme of things, it would be considered modern. But according to the Smithsonian Magazine website, the movement, which would later be called spiritualism, started in a farmhouse in Hydesville, New York. So for those of you who don't know where Hydesville is, it's about 53 miles south of uh, Lake Ontario. So the uh, documented story is of a family known as the Foxes. Uh, They had lived in this house, and they had several unexplained experiences. Uh, The previous owners of the house, before the Foxes, had also reported um, just unusual experiences. The events that both of the families were witnessing was uh, such as uh, tapping sounds, such as like on a wall or a table. And at this time, it was around 1848. A uh, severe disturbance took place, which I I couldn't find exactly what they would classify as severe. But soon after, the youngest daughter, Kate, was successfully able to communicate with a spirit. So according to the Britannia magazine website, a code or a language was created by Kate, and by using this code, she was able to communicate with the spirit that had identified itself as a man who had been murdered in the home. 
So being able to either prove or debunk the claim of the spirit being a previous resident that was murdered, it's a hard task. But the way the family had been sitting uh, in like a, a circle, that is what eventually gave rise to what we know now as seances. The proposed method prior to that was to say each letter of the alphabet out loud and to document the letter that was said when a knocking sound had occurred. Uh, Kate and uh, Maggie, who was uh, one of the sisters, uh, their mother, Margaret, had attended one of her daughter's uh, seances. Kate had asked the spirit to count to five. Uh, the story goes that the spirit followed her demands and was able to uh, tap on a wall five different times. Uh, soon after that, Kate had asked the spirit to count to 15. And, of course, it obliged, eventually knocking 15 different times. But what's interesting is a neighbor was over at the time, and she had asked the spirit to tell them the age of their neighbor. And eventually, 33 taps were heard, giving the answer of their neighbor's age as 33. Kate had asked if the spirit was injured to make a tapping sound three times. And of course, three taps were heard. So I would like to go off the record for a second. Uh, back then, it was real easy to, um, I guess, uh, fake seances, so to speak. Uh, simply, a lot of skeptics would claim that someone that was in on this whole um, hoax would be out of view and would make the tapping sounds to where people would think that it was a spirit they were communicating with. Uh, not every uh, psychic that I'm going to be discussing about did that, but there were reported psychics throughout this entire time of spiritualism in America where that was one of the things that they would do. And oftentimes they would try to um, charge money for people to um, talk with the deceased when it would just be them making quick and easy money. But let me go ahead and go back on the record and let's continue. Uh, the Smithsonian Magazine website uh, did point out that the reported date that this session took place was on March 31st, which people often refer to as April Fool's Eve. It's unclear if the tapping sounds were actual spiritual activity or, like I mentioned previously, just a prank the sisters were pulling. Regardless, the uh, Fox family left their house in Hydesville and sent both sisters, Kate and Maggie, to live with their older sister, Leah. So Leah lived in uh, Rochester, which is approximately 43 minutes from where they had lived in Hydesville. And here we have the Fox sisters, Kate, Maggie, and Leah. So it's then recorded that community leaders in uh, Rochester uh, named Isaac and Amy Post had became interested in the sister story 
with their recent encounter with the spirit. And uh, rumors soon began spreading that the true identity of the spirit was a peddler who had been murdered in the house five years prior. Uh, They went to the original home and they had examined the basement and they did find strands of hair and supposed bone fragments, which they believed, case closed, that the spirit was indeed murdered at the home. So the Smithsonian Magazine um, website continues with a uh, journal entry of Isaac Post stating, quote, I suppose I went with as much belief as Thomas felt when he was introduced to Jesus after he had ascended, end quote. Uh, shortly after this discovery, the uh, sisters were invited into the Post's household and were reported to make contact with the recently deceased daughter of Isaac and Amy. Uh, soon after, the uh, largest building in Rochester was written rented out to the sisters to conduct their seances, and it was said that this event had attracted at least 400 people. Uh, Eventually, they attracted several skeptics, and when the skeptics further examined them, they found no evidence of any type of hoax. It's also to be noted that at this time, church leaders began to associate uh, seances and spiritualism with witchcraft, as they tend to do with something that they don't fully understand. Some churches went as far as to connect spiritualism with a branch of necromancy, which was forbidden by the church. The, uh, The Roman Catholic Church had condemned all forms of spiritualism in 1898. An interesting fact to know that I thought was uh, spiritualism really was at its all-time high following the American Civil War. So you had a lot of people trying to communicate with their deceased uh, parents or their sons or brothers You had thousands of people trying to communicate with them. And so that's really how spiritualism just exploded was because a war had recently happened. Um, As I mentioned, families of deceased soldiers basically wanted closure or just to communicate with the dead. Many, uh, quote-unquote, psychics attempted to imitate Kay and Maggie and many were proven to be fakes. Uh, Several proclaimed skeptics traveled to different places where these psychics would sometimes charge exorbitant fees to contact with the dead. Now, I have made an entire episode on what I'm about to discuss, so I'm only going to briefly mention it. But I can't talk about spiritualism without mentioning the Ouija board. In 1890, so all of this was going on, the Kennard Novelty Company created the Wonderful Talking Board uh, in hopes of cashing in on talking with the dead to make it more uh, efficient, I guess you could say is the right word. But the story is the creators had asked the board what it should be called, 
the uh, planchette spelled out the name Ouija. When asked what the word meant, the planchette moved and spelled good luck. Whether it meant that literally as that's what Ouija translated to, or it said good luck as a warning. But that's up for y'all to decide. As I mentioned earlier, though, the concept of communicating with the dead was not new. Biblical text found in the book Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 35, states, Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out, and so make yourself unclean by them, for I am the Lord your God. Well, we, we kind of screwed that one up. Um, <clears throat> anyways, so even before the Fox sisters started their careers, people have been fascinated with speaking to the deceased. Although psychics make up a majority of spiritualism, not everything involved seances. So during this time, an Australian healer named Franz, Franz, I'm sorry, Franz Mesmer had proposed a theory that everything in the universe was governed by what he called a magnetic field. He believed this field could become imbalanced or unstable, which would result in a person becoming ill. Um, Mesmer had believed that he had the ability to wave his hands around a patient, which would put them in a, a hypnotic state. This state, which was referred to as a mesmerized state, allowed Mesmer to alter the magnetic force inside someone in order to heal them. Uh, that's probably where he got the name uh, mesmerized from Franz Mesmer. But this method had came to America in the 1840s, and it, of course, was an instant success. Many people claimed to have the same capabilities as Mesmer, and some, of course, would even charge fees. Those that underwent the hypnotic state claimed to see spirits while in the trance. And I just want to go ahead and make a quick mention. Uh, whenever, let's say, the bandwagon, essentially, so spiritualism, for example, several people will try to cash in. So, like, uh, seances being faked, uh, a lot of people doing this uh, hypnotic state and charging money, a lot of them would be fakes just to cash in. And since spiritualism was all the hype, they felt that they could do it very easily and make a lot of money. But while his practice came to America, another theory was born. A Swedish philosopher named Emanuel Swedenborg proposed an idea that an afterlife not only existed, but was comprised of three heavens, three hells, and a middle area, which he referred to as the world of the spirits. This middle area, many people today would refer to as purgatory, which is where spirits were said to instantly go upon death and await judgment. He believed that both angels and demons were once people, but depending on how they lived their life is where they'd end up beyond purgatory. He had written, quote, The Lord casts no one into hell, but those who are there have deliberately cast themselves into it and keep themselves there. Uh, Swedenborg, Swedenborg, I'm sorry, 
also made claims that he communicated with spirits on each plane, being the three heavens, the three hells, and purgatory. So after these theories came about, uh, approximately 75 years to be exact, an American named Andrew Jackson Davis eventually combined both ideologies of Mesmer and Sweden. Gosh, his name's Swedenborg. He had also claimed that during in one of his trances, the spirit of Emmanuel spoke to him. Uh, Smithsonian Magazine's website states that Davis wrote, "It is a truth that spirits commune with one another." while one is in the body and the other in the higher spheres, all the world will hail with delight the ushering in of that era when the interiors of men will open and the spiritual communication will be established. A year later, the Fox sisters gained fame with their seances. So as we come back to where we started with the Fox sisters, after the Rochester event, uh, Davis had invited Maggie, Kate, and Leia to his home to prove themselves as mediums. After they had done so, he joined their cause, which made him a well-known leader of the modern spiritualism movement. However, even with Fox's gaining fame, that did not stop skeptics from attempting to defraud mediums. One famous skeptic was the escape artist himself, Harry Houdini. It was documented that Houdini originally was drawn to spiritualism out of curiosity due to his friend, author of Sherlock Holmes, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, being a believer in mediums. According to the PBS website, Houdini was quoted by an interviewer with the Los Angeles Times as saying, it takes a filmmaker to catch a filmmaker. Houdini then set out to defraud as many mediums as he could. On July 23, 1924, a 36-year-old woman named Minna Crandon was hosting a seance. She became known to the public as Marguerite the Medium after having made contact with her deceased brother. Um, his name was Walter Stinson, but we won't get too much into that. Uh, during her seance... Sitting to her left was Harry Houdini. According to History.net, Houdini wrote in his journal, quote, My mind is open, but the proof must be such as to leave no vestige of doubt that what is claimed to be done is accomplished only through or by supernatural power, end quote. It was known that Houdini would wear disguises while attending seances, such as like wearing like a mustache or different clothing, top hat, you know, b basic stuff. And once he believed he'd gathered proof of the fraud, he would reveal himself and shout, I am Houdini and you are a fraud. Uh, attending the seance of Mina Crandon, Houdini felt that he had gathered enough evidence. And as he departed, he had said, I got her. It's all a fraud. A contest was later created by the Scientific American magazine. The contest would award a winner with $2,500 to the person who could not be disproven as a medium. So, that doesn't seem like a lot of money, 
but take into account for inflation. $2,500 in 1924, when this took place, has the same amount of purchasing power as $39,721. Now, if you were an actual medium, you would be in luck. Uh, after hearing of this contest, Houdini proclaimed himself that he would give up $1,000 of his own money if he could not disprove Crandon. Unfortunately, however, the Scientific American refused to give Mina the $2,500 after Houdini had allegedly tampered with the seance. However, Houdini's end with spiritualism would be met beyond his death. Before he died, he and his wife, Bess, had created a code, which after his death, he would communicate the code to his wife through a medium. That code was Rosabella Believe. After his death on Halloween in 1926, his wife had offered $10,000 to anyone who could reveal the code. So for the next 10 years, on the anniversary of Houdini's death, his wife would host seances in hopes of having a medium officially solving the code. Uh, the code was never officially solved, as the medium who claimed to solve it was painted out as a giant hoax. On January 8, 1929, Harry Houdini's wife invited a psychic named Arthur Ford into her home to perform a seance in attempts to crack Harry's code. What made people believe that he was a hoax was Houdini's wife had wore a, a wedding band that had the name Rosabella inscribed on it. On January 9th, the following day, he was said to crack the code. And Bess said to the New York World uh, newspaper, quote, I had no idea what combination of words Harry would use. And when he said, believe, it was a surprise. The ending to the story would come a day later, on January 10th. Edward Churchill, a reporter for the New York Evening Graphic, claimed the seance Ford conducted was a hoax. He stated his proof was from Ford himself, who had admitted he had obtained the code from Houdini's wife. Uh, after that, Bess would stop hosting seances on the anniversary of her husband's death, and no one would collect that $10,000 award. Unfortunately, the uh, Fox sisters would meet their end at different times. On October 21st, 1888, Maggie had denounced spiritualism during an interview. According to the Smithsonian Magazine website, Maggie was quoted by saying, My sister Kate and myself were very young children when this horrible deception began. At night when we went to bed, we used to tie an apple on a string and move the string up and down, causing the apple to bump on the floor, or we could drop the apple on the floor, making a strange noise every time it would rebound, end quote. However, a year after this, Maggie recanted her confession, 
but her motives are still unclear. Uh, probably some financial gain, but no proof of that can be found. So Maggie's sister, Leia, died in 1890. Two years after Leia's death, Kate died during a uh, drinking spree, most likely caused by alcohol poisoning. It is to be noted that towards their end, uh, both sisters, Kate and Maggie, I believe, were alcoholics. Uh, Eight months after Kate's passing, Maggie also died in March of 1893. That same year, uh, several spiritualists formed a group which would be known today as the National Spiritualist Association of Churches. Uh, Seventeen years after Maggie died, Andrew Davis also passed away. But I would say thanks to these individuals, uh, spiritualism had become an unstoppable movement with thousands of people uh, trying to communicate with the deceased. Uh, hundreds of people form paranormal investigation groups, like I did, to either prove or disprove the existence of spirits. And I would say Hollywood owes spiritualism some gratitude for the multitude of paranormal movies and TV shows that have been created. And with that said, I'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode. I want to say thank you all. It took more time to create this episode just because I wanted to start increasing the overall quality in terms of the information I use and the editing. Um, If some of you don't know, I broke down and got a Facebook page. I'll be using the page as my main method of keeping everyone up to date with what's going on, and it will be updated several times a week. Uh, I also mentioned a few weeks back that I'll be doing a listener stories episode closer to Christmas, so you still have time to upload those stories to cookvilleghosthunters at gmail.com. The best way you can email us is either go to the website and click on the email icon or go to the Facebook page and our email link will be there. Uh, If you like what you heard and found this really informative, be sure to share it with your friends and family who have an interest in the paranormal. Uh, As always, I've been your host and I'll catch you all in the next one. Happy hunting and stay safe.